You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Welcome to your Canadians Connection on Rocket Sports Radio. This premier hockey podcast featured on allhabs.net brings you the latest news, in-depth analysis, and expert commentary about the NHL's most storied franchise, the Montreal Canadiens, hosted by Rick Stevens and Michael Spinella. Our team of credentialed journalists provides behind-the-scenes insight on the Canadians, designed to inform, entertain, and engage Habs fans around the globe. We are proud to be the trusted source for all things Habs for more than a decade. This is the Canadians Connection Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Canadians Connection Podcast on Rocket Sports Radio keeping you informed, engaged, and entertained. My name is Michael Spinella, and I'll be your host for the next hour. This is episode 205 of the Canadians Connection podcast, and I'm pleased to be joined in the studio by the editor-in-chief, the founder, and the president of Rocket Sports, Mr. Rick Stevens. Rick, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, thanks. How are you? I'm doing really well. It's nice to be back after I was away last week, and uh, I'm excited to get going on this one. You are off in um, the land of the Kawarthas. Is that what they say? I have no idea. I, I call it Peterborough, <laughs> personally. but Well, the whole, know. yeah, the whole area, it's it's a vacation land for for some, particularly from the Toronto area, and, and uh, yeah, beautiful, beautiful part of the country. Yeah, nice, uh, quaint little town. Uh, reminds me a little bit of... Kingston. Uh, I hope that doesn't offend anyone for me to say that. Uh, but yeah, I liked it quite a bit in Peterborough. Tons of nice people and a really nice area. And last week we had uh, Amy Johnson sitting in for you. And uh, and Amy and I fielded all kinds of questions from uh, our All Habs mailbag. And we had questions uh, from, from listeners all throughout Canada, from the U.S. And there was even uh, a new listener from Slovakia. So uh, we had a lot of fun, and uh, if you missed that episode, you want might want to go back and and take a listen. But today, we got some big news today. You have some big news did drop earlier in the week, but uh, we'll get to that momentarily. I'll give everyone a little rundown of what to expect on this podcast. First, we do have a headline of the week, uh, just some light news that will be followed up by some roster news and our Habs prospect report, where we will update you on all the Montreal prospects competing at the World Junior Championship. Then in segment two, we will be discussing the big trade that went down and we'll view this from all sorts of angles, plus a little uh, a little tidbit on Carey Price that uh, Ken Hughes dropped on us. And to, figure, to finish things off in segment three, it's our Have Your, Have Your Say segment, our Canadians Connection question of the week. Will Sean Monahan, with Sean Monahan added to the group of forwards, who's going to be the odd man out? 
if people are interested in answering that question and just interacting with us in general, Rick, what's the best way to do so? Well, text us. Uh, we set up a Rocket Sports text line specifically for you, for specifically for our readers and listeners. Uh, so text us at 585-3ROCKET, 585-3ROCKET. If you want the number, it's 585-376-2538, but it's so much easier to remember as 585-3ROCKET. You can also follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, plus visit our website, CanadiansConnection.com. So starting things off, it's our interesting headline of the week. The Canadians announced that the annual Red vs. White intra-squad scrimmage will be held on September the 25th at Bell Centre. Tickets go on sale September the 3rd at as little as $10. Uh, Last year, the event sold out, and Team Red was victorious with a 5-2 win over Team White. Let's see if Team White can have a bounce-back season. The Red-White inter-squad game is is always fun, Um, and uh, it's an afternoon affair, Sunday afternoon, lots of kids in attendance, Uh, just $10 for tickets. You can get those now if you go through the process, if you're in the the Montreal area and you go to an IGA uh, supermarket. Uh, you don't have to buy anything. Uh, you just go to the, the checkout. You ask for a, a, um, a red-white inter-squad coupon. Uh, you get that coupon. There's a QR code. Uh, you use that to, to enter the special sale for, for, for buying tickets right now if you want to attend that, uh, that scrimmage and be, be one of the first fans to see all the new Canadians uh, who may be in the lineup at that point. Kirby Doc, if he's signed his contract, Big Daddy Dadanoff and uh, Mike Matheson, and maybe even Yuri Slavkovsky. I've got an IGA just down the road from me, Perfect. and I've been known to swing some elbows, so watch out. I, might, <laughs> I want to be the first one. Great. So we'll move on to some roster news. Uh, we had a few things go down this past week. Canadians relinquished their rights to prospect Brett Stapley when they missed the August 15th deadline to sign him to a contract. The former seventh-round pick in 2018 spent the last four seasons playing at the University of Denver, and in 2022, he won the NCAA championship. He's um, He had a great season. Um, his best by far uh, in the, the NCAA, playing for the Denver Pioneers, um, a point-of-game player. He has leadership qualities, um, had, a, had a pretty good tournament as well. Um, and, uh, and, and has a, a national championship to uh, his resume. Um, 23 years old, has spent four years in Denver. He had the option, uh, because of COVID, uh, the NCAA gave him, uh, gave him the option of going back for a fifth season, uh, and if he had, uh, the Canadians would have uh, kept his rights. Uh, but uh, because he hasn't made that commitment, uh, they had till uh, August 15th to sign him. Uh, they chose not to, um, and uh, so now uh, uh, he becomes a free agent. The Canadians acquired forward Sean Monaghan and a conditional first-round pick in 2025 from the Calgary Flames in exchange for future considerations. So that's the big trade that we were teasing off the top of the show. I don't think anyone saw this coming. Uh, At one point, Monaghan was an 82-point guy, but uh, he's really struggled with consistency and had some injury uh, problems in recent history. 
from Calgary's point of view, uh, this was just to free up some cap space to sign Kadri. We'll get into this in depth in segment two. This will be our big topic. It's uh, just briefly, uh, this is, is purely a cap dump. Um, if you take our problem, we'll give you an asset, is how it works. So the future considerations, lots of, lots of questions about what, what, what are future considerations? Well, uh, it's simply um, we're, we're giving you our cap space. We're trading you our cap space. Uh, and that's what the future considerations are. Um, and Kent Hughes uh, gave, uh, uh, traded uh, his cap space uh, to Brad Tree Living, which allowed Brad True Living to go on and, and make moves that he wanted to make. Uh, so the Canadians, for their trouble, um, for the trouble of taking uh, that player, that big contract, they get a first-round pick. Um, but it, as you said, we'll, we'll, we'll break this down completely in the second segment. The other way to look at uh, these future considerations, as pointed out by our Rocket Sports teammate Chris G on Twitter, was uh, there was a trade that sent Michael McNiven to Calgary <laughs> in exchange for future considerations. And then Montreal uh, received Monaghan and a first-round pick for future considerations. Therefore, it's even. Whatever these future considerations were, uh, they're, they're no longer a thing. Uh, they just yeah, traded them back and forth. Yeah, no, it's and Chris was jo- uh, jesting yeah. by that. It's, <laughs> it was all very silly. Um, uh, but, but it's, it's, the, yeah, the future considerations are simply, uh, we, we saw it with Pacioretty going to, uh, the, the hurricanes. We've, we've seen it, um, with other teams. Um, if you take my problem, um, it's worth, it's worth me uh, paying to you, um, a, a first round pick, a second round pick, a, uh, you know, some sort of asset uh, for you to help me out. And, and that's basically what happened. Well, the other big news that uh, Kent Hughes dropped on, on us was uh, some discouraging health updates on goaltender Carey Price. So just after acquiring uh, Monaghan, Kent Hughes very casually mentioned that Carey Price would be unlikely to play next season. Yeah, it's uh, unlikely to play if... He, he continues to follow the rehab route. Um, there, we're we're going to uh, talk about it in depth, but um, I think that, that there's certainly a lot of, of uh, misunderstanding in the media, uh, on social media, uh, and we'll tell you what, uh, what he said and what he didn't say and, uh, in our, our look at, at uh, Carey Price's injury. So now I think is a good time to take our Habs prospect report. This edition of the Rocket Report is brought to you by AHL.Report, your premier source for the Laval Rocket, the AHL affiliate of the Montreal Canadiens. AHL.Report is a proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. Canadians prospect Jaden Struble will reportedly return to Northeastern University next season. This is where the former Habs second-round pick will spend his senior year Struble last season put up 14 points. Um, this is this is a good move. He spent three years at Northeastern. Who else was at Northeastern? Uh, that was Jordan Harris. Um, and it, Struble is uh, a very physical player um, and uh, um, a valuable prospect, a valuable defenseman. He brings something a little bit different uh, than than many of the other prospects. But uh, going back to, to Northeastern for his senior year is pretty smart because 
he's likely to get a lot of opportunity there and, and more so than, than he'd get it in Laval. Um, and uh, so I, I think this is a good move for, for the player, good move for the organization. There were some Montreal Canadiens prospects that have been competing at uh, the 2022 World Junior Championships. Uh, we'll give you a full update on all of them. First, playing for Czechia, Jan Mishak, the captain of Czechia. He's had an amazing tournament. He's got seven points in six games. I've liked what I've seen from him, and he was absolutely instrumental in Czechia upsetting the Team USA in the quarterfinals. Scored some really key goals uh, and played a ton of minutes uh, for for Czechia uh, in all situations. Uh, He was heavily relied on, and we saw in the game against, uh, in the semi against Canada, that coach Dave Cameron actually switched up his lines the first time he did that. Uh, and 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 match lines uh, to to try and neutralize uh, Mishak. Um, certainly, by far the best uh, Canadians prospect in the uh, the World Junior Tournament. And heading up north of Czechia up to Finland, we have a pair of Habs prospects on Team Finland, uh, Oliver Kapanen and uh, Peturi Nurmi. Uh, Kapanen's put up a pair of points. He'll be advancing to the finals against K- Team Canada. Uh, Peturi Nurmi's only gotten into two games so far. Yeah, unlikely that he gets into uh, young yet um, and uh, into the final against Canada, but uh, looked pretty good in in the couple of games that he was in at the start of the tournament. And if we want to head out west across the Atlantic Ocean over to Team Canada, uh, Joshua Wah has had a quiet but pretty good tournament so far, putting up seven points. He's 17th in points in the tournament. And Riley Kidney, he's only gone into two games as well, but uh, no points for him. Um, it's uh, it's a, a strong roster uh, for Team Canada. Uh, Kidney uh, having trouble uh, cracking that roster. Um, Joshua Wan, not uh, one of the headliners, but has, uh, qu- as you said, quietly um, picked up points uh, in, uh, in the tournament. Um, and uh, both of those players uh, will will benefit from going back to uh, junior and working on uh, parts of their game, and and um, um, maybe we'll even see them again uh, in the uh, tournament starting over Christmas. Yeah, it looked like Kidney might have had a spot, but uh, he was edged out by uh, Ostap Chuck uh, for that final uh, spot on the roster. Nice of him to get into a couple games, no, though I think that will be a really good experience for him. Yeah, I think so too. Um, overall, I think this is uh, it's been a good tournament for Canada. Canada has been um, a bit of a, a, a sloppy team at, at times, uh, a team that... Uh, um, you know, hasn't necessarily overwhelmed every team. Uh, there's been times where, where uh, you know, they've been hemmed in their own zone, where they've committed turnovers. Their defense has been uh, interesting. Um, but that quick strike offense that they can just strike quickly and, uh, and finish their chances. Um, and you think about the roster, um, you know this 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 tournament was supposed to to happen uh, last uh, last holiday season, and now that it's being held in the summer, you don't have a, a, a Canadians prospect, Caden Gooley, anchoring the defense, or Owen Power. Um, you know, think of those two out of the lineup, or up front, Jake Neighbors, or 
uh, Dylan Gunther or Shane Wright or Cole Perfetti, and and that's a lot of talent. And this team has uh, has come together, and and uh, we're recording this before the gold medal game, before the medal games. Uh, so you might know the the uh, uh, the result, but I think that overall. Uh, this has been a good tournament for for Team Canada. It's been a great tournament for Canadians' prospects, with uh, each of them having the opportunity to medal. And um, and I'm I'm glad that it's an awkward time for the players. It was uh, definitely an awkward time for the fans. We saw the attendance uh, has been weak at times, but uh, I think worthwhile playing this tournament and getting it in the books. And for those who are listening earlier on uh, Saturday, August the 20th, and the games have not happened yet, uh, the gold medal game, Canada versus Finland, will go down at 4 p.m. Eastern. 8 p.m. Eastern, sorry. Oh, yeah. And then the bronze uh, medal game just after that, Sweden versus Czechia. So watch out for that. And like Rick mentioned, uh, all the Montreal prospects in the tournament have a chance to medal. So that's something that's pretty cool. Very, yeah, that's, uh, that, that, as a Canadians fan, you should be very excited about that. Be sure to read all the content at ahl.report and listen to and subscribe to the Press Zone. We have some hockey news and notes from around the league. To start, the NHL has announced their COVID-19 protocol for the 2022-23 season. Uh, from the brief bit that I've read, uh, it sounds like those who are fully vaccinated, uh, they'll be able to go back to a more normal approach uh, to their season, while those who are still unvaccinated, uh, they'll still be subject to preventative and detective measures. Yeah, we're not going to go through all the protocols for you. We'll give you the Coles yeah. notes. And and, uh, and I think that's that's one of the key points. Another key point is that uh, they there won't be the same sort of testing regime that they've had in in the past uh they the nhl will only test players who are symptomatic um and uh and the 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 times uh the that you have to isolate and and um and and produce they've all been shortened so it covid should have you know in the fall there there may be uh, an explosion of cases but um it should have less of an impact uh, on on this season's uh, NHL uh, than it has in the past. The Nashville Predators will host the 2023 NHL entry draft at Bridgestone Arena on June the 28th and the 29th. Nashville, for the longest time, was very heavily rumored to be hosting the next draft, and it's just been made official this past week. June the 28th and 29th are a Wednesday and a Thursday, so you'll have a midweek draft. And uh, that works out really well for this podcast to come out on Saturday and give you uh, the full rundown of what happens. So make sure to watch out for that. Uh, that works out perfectly. And uh, if if you're heading to Nashville, you might want to head there a little early because the awards, the NHL awards are there on the 26th, that being a Monday uh, and uh, that's the first time the NHL tells us uh, that these two events will be held in the same city uh, since Vancouver hosted both back in, in 2006. Uh, we know that the, the awards have been held in Vegas for mm, the last few years, um, but uh, um, the Music City, Nashville, it, it should be a, a lot of fun for both the awards and then the NHL entry draft. So request that time off, uh, way in advance, take that whole week off. There'll be plenty to do in Nashville, and uh, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, me too. 
So The Athletic put out a fan survey uh, entitled NHL Front Office Confidence Rankings. And the Montreal Canadiens come in at 16th uh, with, uh, I guess, an overall B-. Uh, the public did not uh, seem so friendly to how they were ranking the Montreal front office, but the fan base seemed pretty optimistic about it. Yeah, I think so. I, I think that, um, as they noted in The Athletic, um, it's pretty easy to be a front office person. Uh, the Ken Hughes and the Jeff Gordons right now, uh, fans are giving them a lot of leeway, uh, placing a lot of confidence in them because of the disaster that preceded them. Um, you know, w- once that once that's removed, uh, once the, the previous regime is gone, uh, again, fans have hope. Um, and so, um, yeah, the, the, the general rankings from the Canadians fan base were, you know, on roster building, on cap management, on vision, um, were in the B range, even to an A minus. Um, the, this was, the survey was set up so that you can rank your own team, your, the team that you're a fan of, and you can uh, rank uh, all 31 other teams as well. So when looking at the rankings from non-Habs fans uh, around the league, they're far less op- optimistic um, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, would have been in the 25 uh, range, I would say. Um, and and that's understandable. The, the Canadians finished 32nd last year, so uh, much less optimism uh, from fans around the league than Canadians fans. Um just to give some context, uh, the, the, the folks at the top of the list uh, where uh, f- both fans and the, the uh, both fans of the team and of, of NHL fans in general, uh, top is Colorado Avalanche. They won the cup. Why not? Uh, Tampa Bay um, went to the final. They're number two. Number three might be interest you Detroit Red Wings uh, in the confidence rankings of Steve Eiserman um, Carolina number four um, Los Kings number five and uh, Anaheim Ducks jumping up to number six from 26 uh, and uh, Florida Panthers dropped a bit from fourth to seventh yes I'm getting to it uh, jumping up from 21st to number eight is your Ottawa Senators. Um, <laughs> how do you feel about that? Oh, it's a, it's a nice boost to my confidence. Uh, I'm not too surprised to see that happen. Uh, previous off-seasons for Ottawa have been absolutely disastrous. This one, though, a lot of people are going to be interested in following Ottawa to see if they can be a playoff team. They've made some very good moves, uh, acquiring uh, Debrinkit and uh, Claude Giroux over the off-season, and... Uh, I think uh, a lot of fans and people around the league have a lot of reason to be optimistic about the Ottawa Senators. Who's at the bottom of the list? The fans in Philadelphia are not happy. Uh, Philadelphia. Sorry, Amy. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Amy. Uh, the uh, Philadelphia Flyers rank number 32, dead last on this list in confidence of their management team. Uh, Vegas Golden Knights uh, have plummeted from 12th to 31, 12th last year, 31 this year, and uh, lots of trouble in in Chicago as they go from 25th to 30. Those are the bottom three in terms of uh, how fans see the uh, the front office. 
Yeah, I very much agree with those bottom three. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, uh, when you look at uh, the offseason that Chuck Fletcher has had, just just terrible. Not not uh, not a whole lot to be optimistic about if you're a Philly fan. Absolutely. There are a few uh, NHL transactions. Well, um, not all of them are NHL transactions, but there are a few transactions this past week. Uh, one has a Canadian's connection here. Uh, former Canadian's forward Cedric Pocket signed a contract with Dynamo Minsk. I'm not surprised that he could not find an NHL job. I'm a little bit surprised that he'll be heading over to the KHL. Yeah, it's um, as we were talking before the show, it's, it's curious uh, of any um, play, hockey player who would... Uh, say, okay, I will, given all the political issues, um, head over there. Um, and also, to put it into context, we remember how glowingly uh, Mark Bergevin spoke about, spoke about his addition of Cedric Paquette to the lineup, and he's gonna, he was going to bring such leadership with his Stanley Cup winning experience. He was going to bring a penalty killing and proficiency at face-offs and physical play, and we saw virtually none of that. Um, and, uh, and now Paquette finished the season, of course, uh, went through waivers, finished the season in Laval, uh, and is now uh, off to the KHL playing for Dynamo Minsk. Um, he said that um, uh, there, he was quoted as saying, the KHL is the second best league in the world. I'm ready to help both on the power play and penalty kill. Uh, I'll be uh, ready to help in, in on the uh, defending and, and uh, on the offense. Um, he, there are some familiar faces there for him. Uh, players he knows playing for for Dynamo, Ryan Spooner, and we remember former uh, Canadian defenseman Mark Barbario uh, over there. So, um, uh, good, good luck. Um, it's uh, as we said, it's it's going to be tough, but um, he's continuing Cedric Paquette continuing his career in the KHL. Well, I'll, uh, I'm I'm okay with moving from moving on from Paquette at this point. Uh, <laughs> we'll get <laughs> to the big news here. Uh, the Calgary Flames they went ahead and signed forward Nazem Kadri, seven years, forty nine million. Uh, for the longest while, Kadri seemed to be heavily rumored uh, to be signing with the New York Islanders. That, of course, didn't happen. He decided to go to Calgary, and uh, we'll obviously get into this more in segment two. But what a turnaround of an off season for Calgary! Uh, they go from losing Goudreau and Kachuk to uh, acquiring Uyghur, Huberdeau, and Kadri. Some people are arguing that uh, Calgary is actually a better team now. Well, Kadri, yeah, it, uh, kind of a surprise that it took so long. Uh, weighed his options carefully. Um, you know, the thought is that he was hoping that somehow. Colorado could make it work so that he could return there. You mentioned about uh, the Islanders, uh, heavily rumored that that he was on his way there. But uh, the aggressiveness of of um, Brad Tree Living um, and and his work over the summer, uh, and being able to offer uh, seven year contracts, seven by seven, um, certainly uh, tough to turn down uh, forty nine million dollars. And Kadri will be a flame um, for this year and going forward. And uh, Treliving, uh, probably an early, well, way too early front runner for GM of the year, don't you think? Uh, well, his dad makes great pizzas, so um, yeah, yeah I, I, <laughs> I'm on board. 
Perfect. So I think uh, we'll take uh, a little pizza break. Uh, Our big topic is coming up. Uh, Stay with us. This is the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. College football is back. It's time to enjoy the tradition, the fun, and the great offers from DraftKings Sportsbook. To celebrate the best time of the year, right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any team and get $200 in free bets instantly win or lose. If that's not enough action, you can also place a same-game parlay for a shot at an even bigger payout. Just combine multiple bets into one, like which team will get the win, which team to score first, and more. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet just $5 on college football and get $200 in free bets instantly. That's code THPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. 21 and over in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for terms and resources. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call or text the Tennessee Red Line at 1-800-889-9789. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY. Or text Hope NY four six seven three six nine. One per new customer. Minimum five dollar deposit and wager. Two hundred dollars issued as eight twenty five dollar free bets. Welcome back to the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. I'm Michael Spinella, and you can find me on Twitter at the Spinella. With me in the studio is our president and founder of Rocket Sports, Rick Stevens. You can give him a follow at All Habs on Twitter. You can also follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Plus, you can visit the website CanadiansConnection.com. Just a reminder to subscribe to the Canadians Connection podcast in the player or on your favorite podcast app, and. Welcome to segment two. We have a, a trade to discuss. We do. Uh, rather major news for the, the Canadians this week. Um, and it all starts uh, with uh, Nazem Kadri, actually. Yep. Uh, so the trade uh, that happened uh, to Montreal is Sean Monaghan and a conditional 2025 first round pick to Calgary. Future considerations. So the rebuild of the Montreal Canadiens took another significant step this past week after GM Kent Hughes acquired those assets. That gives Montreal five first-round picks over the next three drafts. Hughes was in a position to receive this asset due to some LTIR slash cap space potentially provided by Carey Price's lingering knee injury. It's, um, yeah, and and it's, um, you know, there, there was uh, so many things that ha- so many layers of this story that happened this week. Uh, there was a dire outlook um, in in uh, the 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 condition, the prognosis, uh, the recovery of Carey Price and uh, Kent Hughes um, used that to leverage uh, some extra assets uh, from Calgary as he continues the rebuild. Um, so it was, you know, it, it uh, kind of leadership under crisis, uh, as we're calling this. Um, it's it was uh, kind of a mixed bag for Canadians fans this week. Yep. 
Uh, really interesting moves here from Calgary, uh, bringing in an awesome cadre after everything that they've gone through. And in order to get that done, well, the easiest thing for them to do was to trade uh, Monaghan along with an asset in exchange for basically nothing, just some free cap space. Uh, really well done by the Calgary Flames here. I think uh, if you want to look at this trade from their perspective, it's basically Monaghan and a conditional first in exchange for Nazem Kadri, which is a nice upgrade. And Monaghan, as a player, he's had some injury problems. He's had some consistency issues. This is the second summer where he's been on the trade block. Uh, he wasn't really fitting into what Calgary had going on. And uh, nice of them to be able to unload that. And really, really good of uh, Kent Hughes to be able to finally weaponize some cap space. It's um, it's it's interesting because the Canadians uh, we we've talked about it all summer didn't have cap space and and uh, Kent Hughes was uh, you know was the guy that was supposed to be on the Calgary side of this unloading cap space um, and and he said all along that that he had no interest. Remember when he was trading um, Jeff Petrie? He talked about not adding a sweetener. Um, this is this is the sweetener, um, adding a, an, an asset uh, to try and gain some cap flexibility. He he talked about wanting to, um, you know, re- really divest themselves of some bad contracts this year. Uh, his plan B was uh, that that a lot of that uh, some of the money would disappear after this year in an, in an expiring contracts, and it seems that we we heard that uh, you know he's been talking uh, and trying to to move uh, money, move players all summer, and has been having difficulty doing that based on his criteria. So he put on the other hat and and as you said, weaponized the. Uh, the cap uh, space uh, that he has um, for for um, uh, Calgary, yes. Um, um, Sean Monahan um, was was a very expensive piece that was uh, uh, the, an obstacle for them going after Kadri in this this transformation of their roster, as you said. Uh, 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 Johnny Gaudreau out, um, uh, Matthew Kachuk out, but adding um, uh, Jonathan Huberdeau and, and Mackenzie Weger and now Nazem Kadri. Um, and uh, as you said, Brad Tree Living has done a m- masterful job, but there are some, there there is a caveat there in that uh, when you now look at the, uh, the Calgary Flames roster, who may be, as you said, better than, than it was uh, to start the summer, but there, it also comes with a clock. Uh, the the stopwatch is ticking. Uh, Nazem Kadri at 31 years old, uh, Markstrom at 32, uh, Huberdeau at 29, Backlund at 33, Tanev at 32, Coleman, and Toffoli. Remember Tyler Toffoli at 30, Lucic uh, in his 30s. Um, they have a window uh, to to use this roster, this rebuilt roster. Um, and uh, and get things done. Uh, otherwise, uh, you know, a couple of years from now, it's it's going to be a very difficult situation. And uh, and the two teams are, you know, it, it could be a situation where they where they flip flop roles. Yeah, that's a very good way to put that. That's kind of what I had in mind. Uh, you look at it, and I, I think within the next uh, two three years, uh, that's Calgary's window. Uh, 
beyond that, uh, certain guys are going to start to regress quite a bit. And a lot of these contracts are not going to look so good. But you know what? Good for Calgary going all in right now. I, I like what they've done and I'm all here for it. Uh, Brad Living on a couple of occasions has dealt with Kent Hughes and uh, made some trades with the Montreal Canadiens. Like you mentioned, Tyler, Fo- Tyler Toffoli earlier in the year. Uh, I mentioned briefly in the last segment, you know, Michael McDiffin and just kind of a mild, a minor league deal. Uh, it's nice to see these two uh, be able to work so many things out. That's right. And um, it's interesting because, um, you know, Kent Hughes is a brand new general manager, a newly minted general manager with no experience on the general manager side, um, but a ton of experience on the uh, uh, the agent side, the player agent side. And um, it's interesting, Brad Treliving, um, you know, has, has a ton of experience um, and, and interesting how uh, they were able to to get together and make this work. Uh, True Living, um, you know, it, it was said that, that this Cadre deal um, has been, was, was uh, kind of finalized earlier in the week, and then True Living had to find a partner uh, to free up his cap space. And uh, he said it was really difficult to do, that, um, that, that it's, it's uh, but, but they had to do it. They had to free up the cap space, um, and uh, and maybe you know uh, add some assets that they didn't want to do. So how does that negotiation take place? Uh, we had a clip here from Brad True Living that describes it. It's a longer clip than we usually play, but but uh, be patient and listen to it because it will give you an insight into um, how the deal came down. Remember, well, we'll talk about it in a second. There's a whole lot of conditions uh, attached to that first round uh, 2025 pick. It's a conditional pick. Uh, he talks about uh, how that negotiation went, and and he talks a little bit about uh, Kent Hughes and 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 uh, their relationship. So have a listen. Yeah, we're trying to give up as the worst pick we can. They're trying to get the best pick we can. So there's just a ton of profanity back and forth, and then you keep putting in different layers. So, um, yeah, so that, that, that sort of sums it up. Um, you know, we, listen, we, we, we made the pick with floor, made the trade with Florida. We got the extra 25 pick, um, you know, from our end, we're, you're trying to push it out as much as you can, but what people have to understand normally, normally, you know, you get one, you know, you really get one layer of protection. Normally, if you get, if you, if you make it, if you make a, trade usually you get one year of, of of lottery protection let's call it right which is usually a top 10 protected pick so we've got our protection in 23 we own our 23 pick we've got you know significant protection in 24 um into the 20 get to 20 um then it goes into different layers of protection so really where it's trying to do you're trying to minimize your risk as best you possibly can on our side um but you also, you know, you're working with the other team. It's got to make sense for them, right? They're not, they're not a charity. They're not just looking to take money and cap space for nothing. Um, so it's got to be worth their while. So, you know, you're trying to push it out. We, we were real adamant and, and I wasn't going to make a deal that was going to compromise the 23 pick uh, for a number of reasons. Uh, and I know, you know, Kent's, Kent's been good to work with. I've known Kent a long time. Um, 
you know, we brought him over from the dark side of the agency business. So now he's on, you know, he's on the right side of the desk here um, on the team side. So, um, but he, I'm obviously joking when I say that, but he's, uh, you know, he's an experienced guy. He's been an agent a long time um, and he did a good job. He was, he's, you know, he pushes back hard, which he should. And, uh, and we were able to get a deal that both of us could live with. Fascinating to me, fascinating um, coming from the other side, coming from uh, the, the the flames side in how this negotiation went. And um, you know that that uh, or you can assume from from what we heard there that Kent Hughes was pushing hard for a 2023 pick uh, in order to take on Sean Monahan. He was demanding. Uh, the Calgary's 2023 uh, first round pick, and you heard uh, True Living say that uh, that was that was that wasn't even on the table. Uh, they they weren't going to consider that. Um, what happened then was a, a ton of profanity, <laughs> which <laughs> to to quote uh, True Living, um, and this this uh, this back and forth, um, and. And all the layers of the conditional, uh, the the conditional language uh, that's been attached to uh, this this first round pick. Um, he said that uh, you know that in order for um, Kent Hughes to take on the problem, both as in in terms of cap space and in cash. Uh, that's a pretty big contract uh, for a, a player who hasn't, you know, it's a bad contract uh, for a player who is playing, um, you know, third and fourth line for for Calgary and even a healthy scratch at times. Um, that uh, that that the Montreal Canadiens are not a charity, so he had to give something substantial back. Um, I loved his comment about uh, we brought Kent over from the dark side, from the the agent side. Um, and and he's now one of the good guys uh, negotiating. Uh, just a just a, an amazing insight into into what happened there. Yeah, uh, I do have to wonder with all these different, <laughs> I guess, uh, parameters around this first round pick. Uh, could it not have just been top ten protected and just made this a lot easier for me to understand? Um, well, let's <laughs> let's talk about uh, yeah, let's talk about this. Um, a little bit, and and first of all, we're you know if you've seen the conditions, uh, it's a lawyer's list. It's um, I forget yeah. I forget how many hundreds of words it is uh, to describe it's a the novel. Con- yeah it is, on 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 the um, the conditional nature of the pick, um, but what happens is because uh, the, the Calgary Flames have both their own pick. And the and Florida's uh, pick um, for twenty twenty five. That's where the conditions of where the where the Calgary Flames finish uh, during that season, um, and 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 where the conditions kick in about which pick they'll send, or or in in uh, one case, the Canadians get to choose between um, picks, but. This isn't going to happen until the 2024, 2025. It's not going to, not going to be, you know, um, uh, an issue for us to talk about. So we're not going to go through all of the um, ramifications of it. Uh, let me just tell you that the Canadians are going to get a first-round pick. 
Can we tell you today whether it's going to be in 2024, um, the Calgary's first pick in 2024? Uh, we can't tell you that. It might also be the 2025 pick of Calgary or Florida in 2025. Could be the uh, the Calgary or Florida 2026 first round pick. And if it gets into that late, then there's then there's some other things added, um, uh, third and fourth round picks. But but that's coming. That's coming. I I don't think we should focus on that because you'll get lost in the weeds on that. Um, just know that the Canadians will have uh, a first-round pick for taking on Sean Monaghan. Yeah, that's probably the best way to put it. Uh, there were some other things in here I was looking at, and just my my brain just twists into knots. So <laughs> I appreciate uh, the simplified version there, and I think uh, that'll help out our listeners quite a bit as well. But uh, looking at uh, what Montreal gets, Kent Hughes acquires Sean Monaghan and some sort of a first-round pick. Uh, Hughes has been able to use the off-season overage and potentially some LTIR relief uh, from Carey Price. Uh, Hughes did state that depending on the negotiations with uh, Doc and Primo, he may not need to put uh, Price on off-season LTIR, which is uh, an interesting note. But I imagine something will have to be done before the end of the season still. Uh, do you agree with that? Well, there's, there's, there's a lot of moving parts, uh, right? Because uh, uh, Sean Monaghan was on IR uh, with Calgary at, at the time. He had season-ending hip surgery. Uh, it's hoped that he'll be back uh, towards the start of the season. Kent Hughes said, I don't know if he's going to be back for game one or game four. Um, uh, Sean Monaghan said he didn't want to uh, provide a target date. He just wants to be 100%, which he hasn't been through uh, two hip surgeries. He's had two wrist injuries. Uh, It's been a while for him. We remember that uh, Paul Byron, it's unlikely that that he is back for the start of the season. Uh, As it sits right now, uh, Jonathan Drouin is on uh, IR um, from last season. Uh, So there there are a lot of moving parts here. Uh, There are a lot of options and and. uh, I'm sure that, that they're going through all the calculations uh, to decide what's best, uh, whether Carey Price gets uh, put on IR, uh, off-season IR or in-season IR, uh, that's yet to be determined. Yeah, and uh, I, I guess kind of the interesting thing about this as well is the well the, just the fact that Montreal felt comfortable taking on that contract. So that really shows me that uh, Kent Hughes has looked at the cap situation and he he knows something. He knows that uh, no matter what, he's not going to put uh, the Montreal Canadiens in some trouble, uh, whether it be through like various IRs or whether it be through another move coming up. Uh, he mentioned that there are still some contracts that uh, will be done hopefully soon. And uh, he seemed pretty confident that all of that will be able to fit under the cap. So that's uh, certainly certainly reassuring to see. Uh, Jeff Gorton, we remember, was interviewed uh, probably 10 days ago now and hinted at the possibility of more moves. Ken Hughes didn't say this in his press conference, but uh, Jeff Gorton said there's still a possibility. They're still working on things. 
Um, and there is still a, a desire to, to free up uh, cap space. So that could be another way of, of uh, working through this um, uh, in advance, well, while the negotiations are going on with Caden Primo and Kirby Doc. And uh, the other side of this, obviously, Montreal is getting Sean Monaghan, who has something to prove. Uh, one of the interesting tidbits that came up about Sean Monaghan is uh, in the offseason, he trains with Jake Evans, which I thought was pretty interesting. For sure. He's been he's been training uh, a lot uh, and and um, um, has has been on the ice four times a week um, and is trying to get back to a a state. He's, he he said that the, it, it has been a grind for him um, with this hip injury. Uh, Paul Byron can can probably commiserate, um, but as far as his off season training program, this is what he had to say. This summer was a big one for me. I mean, I got uh, I got the surgery earlier than I did the year before, so I mean, I've put in a lot of work this summer, and I mean, right now I'm back uh, back on the ice four times a week right now, and. I mean, it's it's been a long time coming for me to to feel healthy. So I mean, I'm excited to to play hockey again at a high level, and I'm I'm really excited to to join the Canadians. He went on to say that that it's been fun to fall in love with hockey uh, all over again, and that kind of gives you a a sense of and and combining that with saying it's been a grind, both physically and mentally, uh, how difficult it's been for him. Uh, he's chosen to play through injuries, uh, but uh, you know, now now becomes the speculation of can he get back to that player that um, that player who you know was was picked sixth overall um, and and be that player again, or um, you know the the player that we've seen for the past three years who've a, who's averaged about forty points and and is more of a bottom six player. Um, we really don't know. And, and, uh, it's a gamble, uh, for Kent Hughes and Kent Hughes said, you know, this is a good player. Um, but I I think that the Canadians are, are looking at this as let's hope he can get back to some form of, of the player he used to be so that we can use this opportunity to, to get another asset, uh, um, not, not a long-term deal, but an asset, um, uh, at the trade deadline, if he performs well in the first few months of the season, yeah, that's uh, that's pretty well put. A lot of people have speculated that maybe Monahan just didn't end up being a very good fit for Calgary the last few seasons, and uh, the coaching change didn't really help. Uh, I don't think that uh, Monahan was uh, Daryl Sutter's favorite player, yeah. unfortunately. But uh, you well, know, just maybe, on that point, oh. uh, j- just to support that point, um, and Canadians fans may or may not know, Monahan's a he's strictly a, an offensive player, um, yeah. and uh, Daryl Sutter um, is obsessed with players playing defense. Uh, the um, the Calgary Flames were one of the best defensive teams uh, um, last year. They they allowed the fewest goals in the league last year. Um, and Monaghan was the worst plus-minus team on the Flames at minus 15. So, obviously, um, they wouldn't they wouldn't be on the same page at all, uh, Daryl Sutter and Sean Monaghan. Yeah, and, and that's a point I was going to get to here. When you look at uh, what Montreal has down the middle with the Suzuki, Doc, Dvorak, and Evans, 
Monahan out of those guys is the only one that's purely offensive and he might actually be the most gifted offensively if he returns to form. And under Martin St. Louis, or I guess based on what we know of his coaching, he uh, he might be able to get Monahan going and uh, set him off. It's also a good thing to note here that Monahan is in the last uh, season of his contract, so he certainly has something to prove on that part. And he's yeah, he's going to be battling for a contract. He's battling to make himself relevant again. So I think this is kind of an interesting move for Monaghan to end up here in Montreal where maybe some of the pressure is off and he might not be a guy that they're turning to and asking to play defense like at all. Well, yeah. And, and maybe a little bit. <laughs> um, you, you wonder about that, uh, you know, is sprinkled through the Canadians lineup. You think of the one dimensional players that the Canadians have already a rim pit, like a Cole Caulfield, uh, Yuri Slavkovsky, his scouting report has been described as that. Somebody's going to have to play uh, two-way hockey, so uh, it'll be interesting to see how how they adjust, where he places. And, and actually, maybe we'll talk about that in a minute. But um, first, you had mentioned that, that he does uh, have some uh, Canadians' connections, connections within the Canadians' organization, uh, and this is what he had to say on that. Yeah, I mean, I played with Paul Byron for a couple of years in Calgary, and uh, I used to actually drive him around quite a bit. And uh, Jake Evans, I train with him every day, so I see uh, I see Jake basically every day in the summer, and uh, a few other guys. I mean, I've I've met Gallagher a few times, um, and you know what? Basically, the whole team has reached out now. The whole team has reached out to him and and welcomed him. Um, and uh, he's, he said, this sounds like a, a, a good group. Um, you know, Edmondson is, is typically the guy who, who leads that in, in reaching out to, to new, new um, uh, team members, and when he gets to Montreal, I'm sure Edmondson will have him out for dinner. Uh, there's already that connection with Paul Byron. Uh, they played together in Calgary. Um, he's, and they, they both had the, the hip issues, but, uh, they actually, uh, paired up. And he, as he said, uh, that, uh, he drove, uh, um, when, when the two of them, uh, were together, uh, that, uh, Monaghan was the driver, uh, and Jake Evans that off season they've trained together. Um, and so they know each other well. Yeah, nice to see a little bit of familiarity there that should help him uh, transition onto a new team. Uh, I know sometimes for players, it can be a little bit awkward to get traded to a team and just not know anybody. So uh, that should help with his comfortability. Um, as you mentioned as well, Monahan having some injury problems. Uh, do we know if there's a target date for recovery? I don't really want to have a target date, but I mean, my my goal is to to show up to camp and be, be ready to go from day one. That's that's my target, I guess. But I mean, if there's if there's things that I'm feeling or lingering, I, I just don't want to have any setbacks. And I mean, I've lived that and I, I've done that many times and just played with it. So I think it's uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna try and be 100% healthy and feel good mentally and, and come in and and have a great season for uh, the Montreal Canadiens. He's not ready to make any promises on when he'll be back. He hopes uh, that that it's uh, that he's ready for the start of camp, but he, he's not he's not going to um, um, box himself in. I think is what he's saying uh, that his primary goal 
is being 100%. He hasn't been 100%. He's, as I said before, uh, he's chosen to play through that. Um, he's he's uncompromising on that this year that um, that that he, he wants to feel 100%. Uh, so and and he won't know that until he gets to uh, training camp and and uh, and gets on the ice and and takes some contact. And uh, but right now his his whole attitude and. And um, um, you know his his mental approach. He's he's uh, he's having a m- much more fun now um, uh, uh, on the ice than than he's had for a couple of seasons. Yeah, when it, when it comes to these injuries, uh, you you always say you never want players to push it and come in earlier than they want to. But perhaps there was some pressure at some point in Monahan feeling like he might have lost a spot, or just in general, uh, maybe pushing himself too hard to get back into the lineup. So hearing from him that he doesn't want to push himself this time around and go in too early, uh, I guess good patience on Monahan. I'm sure he's very anxious to get back onto the ice. And if you're Montreal, you, you certainly there's no rush to get him into the lineup either. That's why I think that kind of works out in his benefit. And just in general, where, if he does come back, where do you see him fitting into that lineup? Because Montreal has a lot of centers and they have a lot of forwards. It's um, yeah, it's, it's funny when, when we look back um, and I did this week, I looked uh, at the opening night roster for 2021-22, and there you have 15 forwards. Um, Do we remember that uh, number 24, Adam Brooks, was uh, an an opening night forward for the Montreal Canadiens in in 2021-22? Waiver pickup from the Leafs, right? uh, Yeah, Cedric Paquette and and Matthew Perot and and, uh, quite a group there. Uh, right now, uh, there's too many forwards. There's there's 16 legit NHL uh, forwards, and and that includes Yuri uh, Slavkovsky, and that doesn't include um, you know players who may be hoping to crack the lineup with a good training camp uh, like a Yessa Ullinen. Um, so the Canadians have too many forwards, uh, and and in particular, uh, five uh, center. Um, and as you said, uh, in Suzuki, in Doc, in Dvorak, in Jake Evans, and now with Sean Monahan, um, you know, can can somebody be converted to to winger? Um, you know, Kirby Doc's name has come up, and 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 it's been argued that um, uh, that that he played a bit of wing last year. The only reason he played wing last year is because he was terrible in the fa- at the fa- the worst. We've we've said it, uh, the worst uh, centerman over two hundred uh, faceoffs in the NHL. Um, they were just trying to get him on the ice, uh, but not have to take a faceoff. Uh, the Canadians didn't get Kirby Doc to be a winger. Uh, they want him at center, and uh, so uh, you know, does this mean that? Um, there's another move coming. Does is this insurance uh, in case Monahan can't go at the time? It's it's um, yet to be seen. But I think um, one of the things that we've heard over and over and over again is that this is a lineup that um, will be focused on development, not results on development. 
Um, and one of the things that uh, the management of the Canadians has to do is provide opportunities. Ice time, uh, that's not just getting on the ice for 10 minutes a night, um, you know, on the fourth line. Uh, valuable ice time uh, where players can have opportunities to learn, uh, have opportunities to fail. Um, they need special teams time, some of these these players. Uh, and right now, there's, there's uh, you know, even you look at, at special teams players, um, when you add in a Monaghan, you, you might want out there on a power play, um, a, a big center. You, you might want Dadanoff out there as well. Do you want Duran and Hoffman and Caulfield and Suzuki and Gallagher and Doc uh, and Dvorak to take the face off? And we haven't even talked about Josh Anderson. And oh yeah, by the way, Alex Burroughs said he wanted Slavkovsky on the power play. Um, I, I, you know, one of the things that, that the management has to do if they're going to prior prioritize development is remove some obstacles. And right now, uh, the Canadians have too many forwards. Yeah. The exact opposite of the situation they have on defense where they might not have enough guys uh, on defense, especially on that right side. Uh, we've talked about that on other episodes, but now on forward, it just way too many guys. Um, I don't know. Evans played a little bit of wing last year, but I feel like he's probably better off staying in the middle. Uh, you look at, uh, well, Monaghan might not come in right away, but uh, what I like about having Monaghan at center is that it kind of insulates uh, Suzuki and Doc a little bit in that it'll take some of the pressure off of them uh, having to take on all the big minutes and maybe go up against uh, the other team's best defenders. But still, there there's way too many guys here, especially down the middle. Something is going to have to give. And consider as well, I think Pitlick has played a little bit of center as well, on top of that. So that's maybe six guys that you have down in the middle all of a sudden. Uh, I'm curious who's going to be the odd man out here. That's going to tie in pretty nicely to our next, next segment. But uh, do you have any inklings on your end, I guess, not to put you on the spot, uh, as to who that odd man out might be? Well, I, I think that, you know, um, that, that there's work to be. It, it, can we trust Jeff Gordon um, that uh, Ken Hughes is working diligently, trying to free up space, trying to move a bad contract without having to give up an asset? Interesting in the um, uh, press conference when Ken Hughes was asked about um, uh, all of these first-round picks. He has five first-round picks over the next three drafts. Uh, in addition to other other picks. And he was asked, you know, well, what are you going to do bringing in all of these first-round picks? And he said, um, well, um, they may not necessarily be used to draft their assets, but they may not necessarily be used to draft uh, players. Um, so is Ken Hughes going to be, uh, you know, following the Brad True Living approach by, gee, I got a problem. I got I, too many guys. I've got guys that I don't want. I've got a cap problem. Uh, do I do I go against my own rule and and provide a sweetener uh, for someone else to take my my problem? Um, that might be the case, or um, you know, it seems that Kent Hughes is is um, being patient and not rushing and saying this. I'm not going to rush here because this is either going to work itself out with injuries or uh, players. Um, um, that will ship out at the trade deadline or on expiring contracts. 
Um, so I, I think he's, he's willing to see what happens uh, as we get closer to training camp that all of this kind of sorts itself out. Um, but uh, there's no question the Canadians have too many forwards. You know what else they have too many of or what they, they have had? Players from the 2013 NHL entry draft. Um, it, this just kind of kind of um, something that came to mind last night and I was going through and just took a look at the 2013 NHL entry draft. Of course, that was the, the Nathan McKinnon draft. Nathan McKinnon uh, today on Saturday celebrating uh, crowds. There's a parade in, in Halifax. Um, that was the McKinnon went one. Uh, Alexander Barkov went two, and number three, uh, Jonathan Drouin. In that same draft, Sean Monaghan went number six. Number 12 was Max Domi. Number 19 was Kirby Reichel. Number 24 was Hunter Shinkarek. Number 25 was Michael McCarron. What do all these players have in common? There were six players taken in the first round of the 2013 draft that have suited up for the Montreal Canadiens organization. Six out of 30 from that first round of the 2013 draft have worn a Canadian's jersey. That's pretty incredible. But let's look at the second round. Jacob De La Rose, Zach Fucali, Laurent Defon, Gustav Olofsson, Madison Bowie, who has come in, who the Canadians signed in the offseason, Philip DeRoger, a goaltender with... with uh, 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 Trois-Rivières, Arturi Lekkonen, and Marc-Olivier Waugh. There's eight players in taken in the second round of the 2013 draft who have played uh, with the Montreal Canadiens organization. So that says that in the first 60 picks, 14 players, actually 14 players of the first 56 from the 2013 draft have played for the Montreal Canadiens organization. That... I know it means nothing, but it's to me, it's bizarre and stunning. Yeah, that's a very bizarre stat to come up, especially for a nine-year-old draft. And unfortunately for Montreal, I don't think that uh, any of those guys are necessarily franchise guys. Are guys that uh, you necessarily want on your team nowadays? Uh, no Except offense to them, Arturi Lekkinen. Yeah, just <laughs> just the one. <laughs> that's fair. But uh, one of the other aspects of this trade, of course, and this is a bomb that Kent Hughes dropped on everybody uh, just very casually and not really prompted is an update on Carey Price's injury. Uh, We talked about this a bit in the first segment, but it doesn't sound like Hughes is confident that Price will be back to play next season. I think I've mentioned before that um, you know, we were kind of in a gray area with Kerry in, in terms of knowing whether he'd be able to play or not. And, and unfortunately, it's not a determination that we can make. Um, we had to let time take its course. Uh, at this point in time, uh, you know, we're the news in, in terms of Kerry's knees pretty discouraging in the sense that there hasn't been any improvement, uh, you know, through the rehab process all last season. It obviously continued to create problems for him. Uh, this summer, he went through the process of, of a shot to the knee, uh, seeing if that would help. It did not. Uh, and at this point, uh, we don't expect Kerry to be available uh, for the start of the season. Quite frankly, I don't know 
that there's a path for Kerry to return this season uh, through the rehab process. So there's a lot to unpack there. The first thing is what you said. This was almost entirely unprompted. Um, and the question was asked, asked of Hughes, um, uh, j- just basically what we've been talking about. Are there any other moves in the offing? Um, and and the, the reporter said, you probably can't answer this. You probably won't answer this. But are there any other moves coming? Um, and and all, all Hughes had to say was, you know, um, uh, I'm, I'm always looking to improve my team. Um, I'm, I'm always, you know, um, we've, we've set a, uh, a goal over the summer is to give a, ourselves caps flexibility. He could have said any number of things, but he chose, uh, to raise this issue with, with Carey Price. Um, and, and even if he wanted to talk about, um, you know, their ability to, to bring Sean Monaghan on when they were tight against the cap, he could have said, um, you know, the off season allows for a 10% overage. Um, so that's how, and, and actually that's how they are. That's how the, at this point, the Canadians are fitting in, uh, Sean Monaghan into the cap, into that 10%, that $8 million overage. Um, that's how, that's how it works. Um, but he chose to go, uh, right immediate. And this was right at the start of the, the press conference, right to, uh, here's an update on Carrie Price's uh, 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 health and and um, a medical update. So it seemed rather calculated. Um, and what he said was that um, that there hasn't been progress. Progress. We they were waiting for progress. Uh, that that Carrie um, received a, a shot that was uh, that we talked about before, and and uh, they were hoping that the injection would help. Uh, reduce some of the inflammation that he's been experiencing when he's gotten on the ice, but they have seen uh, no uh, progress through through that uh, and through rehab. So that he said that that Kerry won't be um, uh, available for, at the start of the season. All right. Uh, then he went one step further and said that uh, Price. Um, it, he said he he couldn't envision a path to Carey's return this season through the rehab process. Um, now that's different than many people are are saying. He didn't say that Carey Price won't play next season. He did not say that. He didn't say Carey Price's career is over. Did not say that. He said uh, that that he it's um, he didn't see a path through. Um, rehab only, suggesting, and he went on to say uh, explicitly a little later that if Kerry is to return this season, um, it will it will require a surgical procedure. A lot of people online have been posting, I guess, memoirs on Kerry Price and all their favorite moments on Kerry Price, as if his career is done. And a lot of people have just said that they're ready to move on; he's not coming back. It's not what was said, and it's kind of unfortunate to, that uh, this is something that Carey Price is now going to have to deal with. Uh, what we know is that the rehab hasn't been going well for him this offseason. I think I can speculate that with them taking on the Monahan contract, they're pretty confident that Price might not be back this year. But this is Carey Price. He's done this before where he's been away for a long stretch, but he's 
pushed himself to come back and he he's come back successfully that just happened last season after missing a huge chunk of the year. So I don't think we can rule out that Carey price is just simply not coming back next year or the year after. Uh, and that's, that's pretty unfair that uh, price has been put in this situation, I guess an unfortunate move, uh, move by uh, Kent Hughes to bring up that information kind of unprompted uh, and in the way that it happened and without really providing important details on that. Uh, but uh, I, th- I think it's best to just to wait and see what we hear from Carey Price himself on this. Uh, Hughes uh, did go on uh, to talk about the, the next steps uh, for Carey Price. We'll probably have more to add, Arpin, after Carey does his uh, physical during training camp. And, and at that point in time, uh, in all probability, we will you know, have another media availability with Carrie and myself and, and one or more of the doctors. There's going to be 450 people at that media availability <laughs> during training camp. It will be a circus, uh, given what, what has been set up here. Um, interestingly that, uh, at the, at the, the exit injury, the season ending, uh, press, uh, um, conference, uh, Carrie Price was asked specifically, um, what if it means that, that, um, that you require another surgery, uh, uh, to come back? What, what if that means? And, and Carrie said, absolutely. He said, uh, I want to play again. Uh, I've got unfinished business. Um, I will absolutely. Now that was, that was him at that point. And after having made a rather triumphant uh, return, um, having been out uh, the entire season. Um, and uh, so I, I, I think it's, you know, if, if, uh, if, it's decided uh, that that Carey Price isn't going to continue. That's his decision. That's something we want to hear from him. Uh, but he's given absolutely no indication uh, that that will be the case. He's talked about his identity being uh, the goaltender of the Montreal Canadiens. He's he's um, if you think back over the, the last decade, uh, any team success that you as a fan have celebrated. Uh, it's uh, Carey Price's had something to do with that. Um, so I think we need to be patient. I think we need to be respectful. And I, I think we need to understand, um, you know, there's been a lot of, of uh, really vicious, harsh remarks about uh, Carey Price and how he's holding up somehow uh, the, the rebuild. Um, it has nothing to do with Carey Price at all. Um, you know, as, 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 uh, we've said that, that, uh, you said earlier, Michael, that, um, the cap space that will be available from Carey Price going on LTIR has been weaponized. Um, it, it allowed, uh, Ken Hughes to get, uh, Sean Monaghan and that extra first round pick. Um, so it, it's not holding up anything. Uh, Carey Price's salary doesn't take away from the cap uh, space available for Kent Hughes. Um, so it would only be cash out of Jeff Molson's pocket. That's it. Except Carey Price's, like Shea Weber, Carey Price's contract was insured. Um, so the insurance companies are paying the money. It's not even money out of out of Molson's pocket. Uh, so all this nonsense about 
uh, Carey Price is is bleeding the Canadians dry or or having an effect on that. It's 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 silly. Canadians fans, you're better than that. And um, as far as whether that money's owed to him, again. Um, Look at Shea Weber, look at Carey Price, look at that uh, 2021 Cup run. Uh, those two men sacrificed their bodies uh, to provide uh, the opportunity for the Canadians to go to the Stanley Cup and come within three games of winning a Stanley Cup. Uh, they knew that they were sacrificing their uh, themselves and, and potentially their careers, as has happened with Weber, uh, they are due every single penny of the contract. They have earned every bit of of their money, and uh, and it will be it will be paid to them, um, and and will be paid to them in a way that that really really doesn't affect the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah, very very well put. And you know what? I'm all for taking all the money from insurance and paying that to Carey Price. <laughs> Uh, the final thing uh, we will talk about here is, uh, well, how does this affect the goaltending situation? As of now, uh, Allen and Montembo are basically set to be the tandem going into the season, uh, unless a wild update comes up between uh, now and then. And, uh, well, uh, I, I would like to see Montreal maybe still explore a trade market for Jake Allen, but the, that could well, that could mean that they have to go out and get another decent goalie in return. So that might not even be worthwhile. Uh, what are your thoughts on uh, Jake Allen and Montembeau heading into this season? So Ken Hughes uh, answered in, in the press conference saying he plans to start the season with the combination of Jake Allen um, and uh, Sam Montembeau. Um, and, and we've talked about both, um, um, in the past, Jake Allen, no longer an NHL starter, uh, but he's a guy that everybody loves. Um, and, uh, you know, Dom Ducharme <laughs> said, I played him too much, Latin, paraphrasing, he, he played in too many games last year and he did. Um, why? Well, Sam Montembeau was, uh, was next in line and, and Sam Montembeau, um, is again, nice guy, all of that, not an NHL goaltender. Um, so I, I think the fear is that the Canadians then, um, you know, did do as, as they've always done and bring up Caden Primo. And we've stressed it so many times. Caden Primo needs a full season. Caden Primo, Likely won't be a starter in the NHL. Likely won't be a starter. Maybe that ship has sailed. But he still could have a a, a decent career uh, as a backup in the NHL. Um, but in order to get to that step, in order to build the confidence, in order to work on everything he needs to, he needs a full season uh, in the AHL, and he hasn't had that. Um, so uh, you know, will the will the Canadians go out? Will Can uh, Hughes go out and add another goaltender? I don't know that this is the time to do that, um, uh, but they will have to at some point because there is, at, as 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 we sit now, there is no uh, obvious heir apparent um, to Carey Price. There just there just isn't. Um, you know, Jakub Dobis, uh, Joe Verbetic. Um, there is no heir apparent. So uh, at some point, uh, a goaltender once at this, uh, you know, 
maybe it doesn't matter when when the team is not expected to make the playoffs and and is vying for another good draft pick in 2023. Uh, but at some point, um, Kent Hughes is going to have to uh, focus on goaltending either through the draft or through a trade or through free agency, uh, add um, a, a, a goaltender capable of being the number one in Montreal. Yeah, uh, for now, I, I do think that uh, Jake Allen, even though he he's might maybe not to uh, be built right at the moment to be a starter, I still think he provides good enough goaltending to give the team a chance to play relatively decently. Right. Uh, Montembeau, I, I guess we'll wait and see. Hopefully, uh, Montembeau being the backup does not put Allen in that same situation where he's being overplayed all the time because there's no trust in Montembeau. I think Montembeau improved as the season went along last year, maybe has a little bit of uh, confidence with uh, Martin St. Louis. We'll have to wait and see on that. I, I don't know that Montembeau is an NHL goalie in my eyes. And um, yeah, I guess add goaltending to the list of things that Kent Hughes is going to have to figure out in the next little while. For sure. So now I think is a good time to take our final break on the Canadians Connection podcast. Please stay with us. You are listening to Canadians Connection on Rocket Sports Radio. The Canadians Connection is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked out hockey cave or fan ink. Well, don't just show your friends, show your Habs. The team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Include the hashtag ShowYourHabs when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to ShowYourHabs.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. Visit rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us regarding this unique marketing opportunity. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net. Welcome back to episode 205 of the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. You can follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit the website canadiansconnection.com. 
Also feel free to text us anytime via the Rocket Sports text line 5853-ROCKET. And wow, what a, how many layers did we have to go through in that second segment? Uh, there were a lot, and, and that was beyond the conditional part of the, uh, uh, the first round pick. Yeah, we really summed that part up quickly just because I, I could not handle any of those conditions beyond the first two points. We've got some time for that to come into effect. But uh, here at Rocket Sports Radio, uh, we like to make it as easy as possible for you, the listeners, to stay up to date with everything going on with the Montreal Canadiens. And one of those ways is uh, our All Habs Hockey Magazine. Head over to allhabs.net to check out our weekly notepad by Chris G that comes out on Monday. We sprinkle in Habs headlines as things happen. And we added a nice little addition in Habs news. Hughes did not contact Bergeron. And Caulfield embraces Montreal. You can check out that article as well as all the others at allhabs.net. Plus, we're on another platform, YouTube. Amy Johnson hosts the Habs Hockey Report every Thursday. This latest episode, uh, Meshack Slavkovsky make headlines? Question mark. Make sure you check that out. Leave a comment, like, and subscribe if you like what you see. Amy is wonderful at interacting with all the viewers and listeners. Uh, she will, uh, she'll read some of your comments on air. She'll comment back to you to ask you questions. And uh, honestly, I, I highly recommend checking this out. I've had a lot of fun interacting with Amy on that. And we found out what her individualized goal song uh, would be this week, this past week. You'll have to watch the video to find out. <laughs> we also have our Rocket Sports Radio podcast. As you're listening today, it's the Canadians Connection podcast. Every Saturday, we've been here throughout the whole summer. Uh, I know not every single platform does that, and we've been keeping you up to date on everything Montreal Canadians, and we will continue to be here every Saturday going forward. You can also check out The Press Zone. Comes out every Tuesday evening. We'll keep you up to date on Habs prospects and everything AHL. Uh, Next week's Press Zone, you can check out Amy, Rick, and Patrick on the hot stove. There's been a a lot of content over the summer, as you said, uh, on uh, the the Rocket Sports podcast, particularly the Canadians Connection. We've tried to keep you uh, uh, up to date over the summer. And, uh, and so you may want to go back and listen to some of those, uh, uh, back episodes, CanadiansConnection.fm. Um, you know, there's still, there's still a few more weeks left of the summer to, uh, grab a beverage, get in the sun and put on a Canadians Connection podcast. Uh, you can, you can binge listen to, to some of the past episodes if you've missed them. One thing that we ask you to do before the start of the season is subscribe. Be sure whatever podcast app you use, um, make sure you, that you subscribe to the Canadians Connection so you never miss an episode. And you can also look into joining our Rocket Sports team. So every year uh, we recruit uh, various people as writers and uh, contributors for Rocket Sports Media. And uh, Rick, uh, what's the best way to do that? Go to allhabs.net and find the Join Our Team tab. And uh, there it explains all the kinds of, of, of uh, contributors that we're looking for. It's not just writers. It can be a podcaster. It can be a producer. It can be a graphic designer. Can, if you have some skill, you're talented, you love the Montreal Canadiens, uh, we'll find a way to use you and, and, uh, and incorporate you into this fun Rocket Sports team. Uh, that uh, I think we have a good time uh, doing this, don't you? 
Yeah, I have a lot of fun with it. You know what? Last uh, September, I saw Rocket Sports Media recruiting on Twitter. I, I took a shot at it and got a nice uh, phone call from uh, Rick Stevens. And you know what? Uh, it's It's been a lot of fun. It's been a wild ride. A lot of really awesome experience and uh, education on my part. So definitely, if you're interested in sports and uh, gaining experience and that sort of stuff, I recommend uh, checking out uh, Joining Rocket Sports. Well, we'd be glad to have you. So uh, just uh, fill out, go to that Join Our Team tab and, uh, and reach out to us. So now it's time for our Canadians Connection Question of the Week. With Sean Monaghan added to the group of forwards, who's the odd man out? So as discussed in segment two, uh, Montreal has a ton of forwards, I believe 16 forwards. We have five or six guys that can all play down the middle as well. Who do you think is that odd man out? Who is Sean Monaghan going to push out of the lineup? Send us a text, 5853-ROCKET. Send a, if you have a little more to say, uh, send us an email, info at allhabs.net, or reach out to us on social media. So in terms of important Montreal Canadiens dates coming up, uh, we, expect, we expect to see more Habs practicing in Brassard as we approach the end of August and things start to heat up. I believe we might have uh, Uri Slavkovsky on the way. Uh, Slavkovsky, uh, uh, we peeked in at, at Brassard last week. Slavkovsky was on the ice uh, in Canadiens uh, training gear. Arbor Jacki was there. Uh, there's the, the, the crew in uh, who are skating in uh, Montreal are growing and growing, and we expect uh, uh, a few more to be added this this upcoming week. So that's going to be a wrap for us today. Thank you all for listening. Please subscribe to the Canadians Connection podcast in the player or on your favorite podcast app. You can also share on social media if you'd like to. Enjoy the week. We'll be back here next Saturday, August the 25th, for another great episode. Thank you all for listening to the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. Click subscribe so you never miss an episode of Canadians Connection. Visit allhabs.net for breaking news about the Montreal Canadiens. <laughs> <laughs>